there, and thanks for listening to the Adulting is Easy podcast, where we make adulting easier by making money easier. This is your host, Lauren, and I'm joined today by Mike Terry, the CEO and founder of RMC Redevelopment, which is a diversified real estate investment company that he runs with his wife of 27 years, Ronna Lee, in Southwest Florida and South Georgia. Mike was a former teacher and college basketball coach who became an accidental landlord and over the last five years has flipped 14 properties built a rental portfolio of 26 doors, including two short-term rentals. Mike and Ronna Lee remain firmly focused on attaining financial independence and real estate has been an integral part of their journey. Thanks for joining me, Mike. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. But first, let me tell everyone about TouchStay. Are you looking for operational gains and brand build? Meet the easy-to-use platform that transforms your docs, PDFs, and emails into branded information that guests read and engage with time and again. Touchday is in the business of helping hectic hosts and managers kill the time burn with simple technology. Helping you to reinforce your brand through communication, skyrocket the guest experience, and create raving loyal fans. Their digital guest welcome books are rich with features including guest email collection and first impressions feedback capture, plus free email and SMS guest memos in addition to providing a single place of information and inspiration to get your guests excited for their stay, appreciative of your offering, and happy as Larry, as they say in the UK, to tell everyone about it. Guests love Touch Day digital guidebooks as much as hosts, even mentioning them in their reviews. Want to look good every time someone has a question? Look up touchday.com and start a 14-day free trial today. So our goal for today, Mike, is to make adulting easier for listeners by discussing a personal finance topic, since managing money is a big part of adulting. So today we're going to talk about STRs. But first, can you tell us why you got into rental properties a few years ago? Uh, it was kind of accidental. Um, it was 2010, um, just after the Great Recession. Um I was living in Ohio. Uh, as you said, my bio I was a college basketball coach. I was at Kent State University at that point as an assistant coach in women's basketball. And I just, I, I'm very an avid reader. I try to stay on top of what's going on in the world. And I was watching the real estate crash um, kind of uh, occur in, in front of my face. And um, we had been very fortunate and we moved a lot. Co- coaches move a lot. And every every move we would buy and sell, and it seems like we'd get a little bundle of money every single time. I never did the math to see if we were making money or not, uh, or it was just it was just kind of the the accumulation of, of expenses. But uh, we'd take that little bundle and move it into the next one, and move into the next one. And by the time we'd moved to Ohio, we had a significant amount of uh, equity in a house, and. Uh, and then I watched these housing values in, in Southwest Florida and particularly Cape Coral. And at that time I was just on Zillow and looking around and, and um, you could get a three bedroom, two bathroom, two car garage with a pool for a hundred thousand dollars. And I don't remember what interest rates were at that time, but I did the math on that too. And then, and uh, the payment was $580. That was wow. everything all in. Uh, so to me, we were always very frugal. We didn't, I didn't make a lot of money. Eventually you can in, in coaching, but my wife is a teacher. We're both probably making about $50,000 a year. Um, but it was for us, it was a car payment and we didn't have a car payment. We had no car payments. I got a company car uh, and we had a paid off older vehicle. And, and so to me it was, Hey, let's buy this place and we'll have it for retirement and we can lend it, you know, let our family use it when we're not using it. And as a coach, I never had any time to use it. 
and we get four days off a year. But she, she was, as a teacher, she could come down in the summer and spring break and Christmas. And we'd come down at Christmas most years. And we enjoyed it a little bit. But then I started to rent it more. And um, it just seemed like it's sitting there. Might as well. And, uh, you know, the, you start to realize what all the expenses are. Cable, pool care, lawn care, electricity, uh, util- other utilities, um, and just repairs and wear, general wear and tear. So um, let's rent it more. And, and uh, eventually we started renting it all season. It would sit most of the summer. Um, mm-hmm. And, and um, my last job, I was at Wake Forest University. I got, I got fired like college basketball coaches do and um, had no desire to continue coaching. It was just, it was 15 years and it was a drag. So um, we moved down here, moved into that house. It was our lifeboat. Uh, we took we had this big a fairly big house in North Carolina. It's like, kind of like Texas; they have big houses, and uh, so it was a four bedroom. It was about three thousand square feet. So we had three thousand square feet of furniture from two homes in one eighteen hundred square foot house. It was a mess, but we also had it was also leased, so it was it was rented at Christmas. So we had from August to to Christmas to figure out our lives. So we bought another house here moved all that stuff into it, got that one ready, rented it. And for that point on, we rented it. And it was pretty much rented 90% of the time. Wow. Okay. So it's 2010 then backing up. 2010, you're in Ohio and you're like, all right, here's what I need. I need a house in Florida. I'm going to buy a rental property. And I think it being out of state is a fantastic idea. Is that right? Uh, Yeah, generally. And it really wasn't, the rental part of it wasn't even in my calculus. It was when am I ever going to be able to buy a house in Florida for a hundred thousand dollars ever again? Never. So, Fair. It, and I can afford the payment. I can afford the payment and it'll just be an investment, even though, okay. you know, just not even, it's not even an investment, just something to have. Um, and um, I think as we matured and realized and learned more about it, we, we took better advantage of it. It probably never made money from the time we bought it to the time we sold it. Um, we, but did appreciate it an awful lot. Right. Um, okay. So were you planning, you were planning, that's going to be our retirement home. Were you planning initially, we're going to rent it out or we're just going to hold it and use it ourselves. What was the initial plan with it? I thought we'd rent it. You know, we knew it'd be easy to rent during the season. So we sure. just kind of rented the people we knew. Like, uh, actually I rented it to other, other coaches, families, my family. Um, I think my aunts and uncles and, and those types of people, brother and sisters-in-law so it was it wasn't a business it was uh just hey pay the expenses type thing okay got it and then you said you got fired yeah what was Coach that like what yeah, was it like do. it was remarkable um it was uh, very scary uh my daughter was a junior in high school at that point uh, not the best time to be changing schools right. uh, the strangest occurrence my wife lost her job about three weeks before I did. So we went from having, you know, a pretty solid income to having no zero income. First time in my life, zero income. And, uh, and we had to move ourselves because every, every other move, the school paid to move you. True. And so we had all those moving expenses and we had to sell our house. And I mean, we're still, again, we're pretty frugal. So we had, savings we never planned on something like that ever happening you know we kind of planned on one person maybe losing their job but never both at the same time and we just did what you do in that situation you pull yourself together and it wasn't easy um figure it out we moved down here got got our daughters settled in school uh, and uh 
just started to say, well, what are we good at? What do we want to do? My wife got a teaching job here. Um, and, um, you know, there was no coaching opportunity here and I just was tired. So I got into, I thought I just replied to, a, to an ad, um, cause it was something I thought I could do. It was bank recruiting. So I'm a, he- I'm a headhunter now. I work at banking recruit executives. Um, so you've been and- recruiting your whole life. Recruit my- for basketball. Too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I recruit ballers and then I recruited bankers. <laughs> ballers and bankers. That should be your memoir. Title. Um, Okay. So the first house, your lifeboat, as you called it, you end up there. You've got everything from the house in North Carolina. I'm assuming you had sold the Ohio house at that point. So you're down to one house. Yeah. It's rented in December. You're there over the summer. You need to buy another one to basically live in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then did you keep the lifeboat house or no? You said you sold it after that. We kept it for two years. Um, and then it became an income. It became an income property at that point. Uh, it was renting. Um, I don't know what our occupancy was. I would just guess it was at ninety percent. Um, yeah. We, you know, we did. We started to lower the price in the summer to get some people in there. Had a couple of horrible tenants. Learned some lessons on that. Um, and uh, and then sold it and used the proceeds to expand into a rental portfolio of duplexes in South Georgia. And now that's a significant part of our monthly income. Okay. How did you end up back into short-term rentals then once you divested of that one? Uh, again, accidentally. It's not something that we really planned. Uh, I think, okay, just a quick timeout. A lot of, I talked to, I've, this is like episode 100 and I don't know, something 30, whatever. And a, about a hundred of those are interviews and about half of those are real estate people. So say 60, 70. It's, it's not a plan. Like it's, you maybe have like kind of like a general goal in mind, but it's sometimes related to not even real estate. It's financial dependence. That's my goal. And then you kind of stumble across real estate and then you're like, are like, I'm going to try this. Maybe I'm going to do wholesaling. Maybe I'm going to do flipping. Maybe I'm going to do that. And you kind of slowly figure out where you're heading. Yep. But I just want people to know that for the most part, it's, it's not a, this like preordained thing where you know what you're doing from the second you start. That's just, that's just an opinion of a, you know, a, a lowly podcast host from Tampa Bay, Florida. You know? no, I think that's probably right. I think I, I think that goes for everything. Your career, it's not it's not a plan. You, uh, if you told me I'd be doing what I'm doing now ten years ago, I would have said no, no way. I'd have no interest in that. But it's just things things go in the in the direction that they go. Um, so the second STR was was a funny story. So we when we moved out of the first one, we bought a waterfront property. And we bought a wreck of a house um, that um, these properties probably were selling then for the four to five, four to five hundred range, um, and we paid two eighty five for it. And it needed everything: so roof immediately, exterior paint, completely remodeled the inside, um, and did that while we were transitioning in that short period of time into moving and living in here. Wow! So it was a lot, um, but we just kind of stuck at it. Um, and then since then, we've just watched this area appreciate it at rates I had no belief would ever happen. Like I thought maybe where we are now would where we'd be when I died. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so a lot of a lot of vacation rentals in this market, a lot of foreign buyers in this market. And so when COVID came along, um, our neighbor uh, it lives in, it lived in Switzerland. Um, and couldn't get here for two years because the borders right. were closed. They weren't allowed right. to travel. 
Um, he had some renters. They weren't great renters. Um, and so he was frustrated and he put it on the market. He had it under contract. I tried to buy it off the market before he put it on the market, but he had kind of a, a dollar amount in mind and I just wasn't going to pay that. And so he got it under contract. It fell out of contract. So this was in the fall of 21. So, so the real estate market here in Florida was still very hot. Then. Oh yeah. 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 Rates still low. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So all I said to myself is when it, when it fell out of contract, it's like, okay, I'll pay you whatever that person would pay. I didn't even know what the contract was. I just felt like I wanted to control that property because it's right next door. It's got a lot of unique features that eventually I think will be really valuable. Um, it's, like built, it's built on a triple lot. So the house is built on two lots and right. the lot, there's the, there's a lot next door that you can't build a house on but you could build a RV garage with a in-law suite on the back. You could, there's space to build there. And again, waterfront property, there's only so much of it. Mm. And it's so, it's the only one I know of that has a spare lot beside it. That's cool. buildable. Cool. So that was the real reason. Um, so we thought, well, we'll move, we'll move into that and start renting this one. And that was our original plan. We used a uh, owner occupant loan. And so you have a crazy interest rate and, um, and so that's kind of how that got started. And then we started working away at it and, and uh hurricane came along and <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a nightmare. But and again, my goal for that one was just, let's just break even. Let's just make the mortgage every month. And I don't have anything in my portfolio that's going to appreciate South Georgia has right. appreciated, but I didn't expect it would sure. cash flow market. It's kind of Midwest like market. Yep. So let's buy this. Let's control it. We can slowly improve it. Same thing we've done with the other two. Just you know, uh, value add as you go, and and if we can rent it, I knew at that point what rents would go for, and they're mind boggling what people will pay for a place in in February on the water. They'll pay you know anywhere yeah. ten to thousand dollars a month. Yeah, yep. So really, I can break even by May of each year, and then you know choose to rent it, choose to renovate it. So it's a, it's kind of a slow flip, slow, maybe move into it again. Um, I don't really know, but the hurricane really upended everything. Uh, right. And this is hurricane Ian. Just hurricane some people. Ian. Yeah. So, so, some people just, I think they, you know, we, I know what hurricane you're talking about, but not really everybody crazy. knows every single one. <laughs> like we did. So September, October of, of last year, of 22, uh, Pretty devastating, really a category five came on shore um, right here, basically right at, yeah. right at Cape Coral. Remarkably, we survived with very little damage, uh, no flooding. Uh, we, I was, the other reason I, I really like this property is it's in an ex-flood zone. And I don't on know. On the how, water? Yeah. I don't know how what? many how many properties in, no. in Coral are ex flood zone waterfront. Very few. X means not a flood zone, guys. Just so you know, like yeah. A is bad, which is like all my stuff's A and B. You, yeah. But you've got an X. Nice. Yeah. So no, no flood insurance is required by your mortgage company. Yep. Sweet. And because we all know what's going to happen with flood insurance, it's going to keep going up. It's going to go. Oh up my god, up. it's a nightmare. Trust me already. Yeah. yeah, it's it's terrible. Um, so that property, the one next door to you. Mm -hmm. you are you you were when you had your first one renting it out to basically just people that you knew 
yeah. now it sounds like you're renting it out to people that you don't know. So you're kind of progressing in that direction. And then what about managing? You're managing it yourself? Managing it ourselves. Okay. Uh, again, the plan was to move into it. But then when, when things started to get a little hairy in real estate and we started to have these flips, we had a couple of flips that were ongoing at the same time that weren't going very well. We ran out of money. The hurricane came along. So again, it kind of changed directions, which I think is really what you have to do in this business. You have to be able to pivot. Yeah. Um, and it seemed, again, our, reminding reminding ourselves what our goal was. Our goal was just to break even and carry the property and hopefully it appreciates, mm-hmm. uh, which has never been a strategy that I would subscribe to or recommend for very many people. But in our situation, uh, we, have, we have a retirement nest egg. We have a portfolio of, of rental properties that are covering a significant amount of our income. Right. Uh, so it's I a, think it's okay to balance your portfolio with cash flowing yeah. properties and appreciating properties in Florida. I try to make my appreciating ones cash flow by, you know, doing short-term rentals. I'm, I have I have a very good friend Tom who's been on The Frugal Gay. He's been on this show twice and he has Texas properties which appreciate and he's got Ohio properties which cash flow. So I think yeah. that I think generally I think that's not a, not a bad idea to have both. Yeah. So, it, but it is for, for a rookie or someone new at it. it would, I'd oh, yeah. Cautious about doing that, for I sure. I agree. Yep. Uh, so then I know uh, we then, uh, through Bigger Pockets, which I'm pretty active on, um, ran into a contact of ours that I'd known for a while who wanted to arbitrage the property. And I thought, well, this is perfect where we are, um, you know, scrambling and a couple other things right now. I don't have time to deal with this. I just want to get break even. And so she agreed to arbitrage it and rent the property. Um, and so she, and I also wanted to learn from her. She does this all around the country. She's got a bunch of California properties, a bunch of Maryland mm-hmm. properties. And Can you explain real quick what arbitrage is? Yeah, absolutely. So I rent the property to this person who is the arbitrager, <laughs> who mm-hmm. is going to um, basically short-term rent it from me. So it's like a sublease. So- what is the value proposition for you then? Uh, time. Time. Do you get I, any more money or is it still the same amount of rent you would get for a long term? It was like, it, it, it was about the same. Okay. About the same. And what about like maintenance and upkeep? Does the short-term rental host who is your tenant do some of that? Or is it also like, what if a toilet breaks? Like, like how does all that, is there any value proposition in that for you? All written out in the contract about who's okay. responsible for what. Okay. Um, and that's very independent. So you can do a lot of sure. different things with it. Um, because I was right here, I was going to do the maintenance myself, which I normally do. Um, right. So, and we really haven't had, it's it's an older home in that it's dated on the inside, but it's not, there's nothing not functioning. So no, no, no. It's not like my, I have two places that are over a hundred years old, one that's 90. So it's not like that. <laughs> yeah, late eighties. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Just dated. Okay. So you met this person through bigger pockets She's yep. arbitraging your property, meaning she has a lease with you and then she has the property on Airbnb, VRBO or, or what have you. How did that go? You're just trying to break even. How did that go? It went great. Um, it went great for six months. And then the same kind of thing. She got distracted with some other things, wanted to do something else. Um, really, my intention was doing this was to save myself some time so I wasn't dealing with the day-to-day maintenance or just upkeep or guest communications and all that stuff. Yeah. And, but also because she was fairly expert in short-term rentals was to learn the business from her. She was very generous with her time and sharing. That's, uh, nice. that's nice. Yeah. Taught me a lot. Uh, 
and uh, it was just so easy, and it really was easy. Um, and in, in the, you know, she eventually left breaking the lease, um, which there was a, an out clause in the lease, which she exercised, and I was fine with. It was last, it was just before the storm, um, and uh, so then I just started doing it myself. And I, from what I'd learned from her, it didn't take very long to pick it up, and it was booking. It booked right through. Well, and then the storm came and there was de- demand was through the roof because I don't know what right. percentage of properties we lost to the storm, but enough that there was insurance companies that wanted places for people, uh, 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 misplaced families. There was contractors. Um, there was insurance claims, uh, insurance uh, adjusters looking for places to stay. There was just a lot of people all converging on this area. And so it was easy to rent and it's been rented. I don't know my occupancy now, but it's pretty much a hundred percent. Right. Right. Yeah. There's been a definitely a supply and demand mismatch down there since Ian for sure. So you went from only renting people, you know, to getting this arbitrager basically to help you to now managing it yourself. Yeah. What's next for you? Is there another step in this journey? Um, yes, uh, we are because we've learned this now. I figured out how to rent it, uh, the sites that we use, how to how to get traffic, um, how to get inquiries. Uh, we are because my wife is retiring. Ronald retiring in, in uh, June, a couple of weeks actually. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to start managing property, uh, some other properties. Uh, there is another property, five houses down the way from us. Uh, we know the know the owner just from being neighbors. Um, helped him find some contractors. He bought the house and renovated it too. This is an area that's getting renovated. Um, yeah. So he bought it, renovated. He's a doctor in in Colorado. I think he realized it was taking more time, and he got in with Vacasa. And oh, mm-hmm. yeah, and not to disparage him, I don't think it, that agreement worked out as well as he'd wanted. So, yeah. So there are companies out there that are nationwide companies that will manage your property for you. This is just for the listeners. It's 20, 20, 25%, 30%, some kind of like that. They take it off the top and there's, there's generally mixed reviews. I think they free up a lot of time from the owners, but like any companies that are growing, there's growing pains. I don't think your property gets a ton of attention that way. And everybody I've talked to that moves on from one of those types of companies to managing themselves, the they do better. They have more revenue and more profit. Yeah. Yeah. And and again, I think I think those companies are they have their advantages. I agree. For for me, when I first started, I would love that. I just yeah. I'd have to, and you you know, uh you know, half or seventy percent of your revenue is better than zero revenue. Um, but once you concentrate on a little bit more and you want to have more control, um, it's not for everyone. And so I think they were a little frustrated. They weren't. They had a couple of bad tenants too, and just mm-hmm. the management of it. It's just hard to manage that. You know, when, when you're dealing with someone that big, and there's no personal attention really. Yeah. So um, we asked you. We just kind of volunteered it. Said, "Hey, we'll we'll manage it for you." And so our plan is to now try to pick up five or six properties and just keep it small. Um, I think there's a real niche world out there right now for small operators to do small things and you can do just fine. Like uh, one of the things about real estate business is everybody's like big, 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 how many doors, uh, what's your, you know, what's your yearly revenue? I don't, I don't care about any of that stuff. I just, we just kind of want to be able to maintain our lifestyle and, and enjoy the, what we're doing and, and free up our time, have a little more control of our time. 
Um, so I think, you know, managing five properties, we, we know we can book out five properties as well as we've booked out these now. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm self-managing 10 with a full-time job plus the long-term. Yeah. So I get it. I think that's definitely doable. And I love to see you and Rana Lee's just transition and hear your story. And I wish we had time, but we don't, but I wish we had time to dive into the cash flowing properties as well. Um, maybe I'll have to have you back on to talk about those at some point, but is there anything else you want to add, Mike, before we wrap up? Not anything. I think, I, I think more than anything, just what I've learned over in it. And really it's, I consider myself a real estate investor really for five years, even though it's really been 15 um, because the first 10 years were, that, that wasn't a business. It was, it was a side thing. I wouldn't even call it a hustle because I wasn't hustling at it. Um, <laughs> but I think um, you have to put yourself in a position to um, learn from experience. You can listen to all the podcasts and read every book until you actually get into it and make some mistakes and change direction. The thing I like about real estate is nothing is fatal. You can make mistakes. I I don't, I wouldn't trust anyone in real estate that said they never lost money because you can lose money. But once you establish yourself and you've got a successful business, um, you can make some mistakes and you can learn from the mistakes and, and they'll make you better in the future. And so I just take that fear piece out of it and take on something that you know you can handle. That's the thing that I learned with that first house is I know I can pay that if I never rent this place and I, I know I can carry $500 a month. You know, most right. people have a really nice car and we have a 10 year old car. <laughs> um, and instead we had this property in Florida that allowed us to build this side, you know, portfolio that's carrying us. I love it. Why don't you tell people how they can get in touch with you? Sure. Um, I have a funny email address. It's mterrybball at hotmail.com. I'm sure, Lauren, you can put that in the notes for people. Uh, You can find me on BiggerPockets, Mike Terry, RMC Redevelopment. Uh, You can find me on LinkedIn, just with my name and our company, which is York and Associates. Um, And that's kind of how you can reach me and happy to help anyone. Um, If you want your uh, property rent, your property managed here in Southwest Florida, let me know. I'm happy to help with that. But if you just want advice or talk about financing or how I did, you know, how I finance things or, you know, what you need to do to succeed, feel free to reach out. Absolutely. And everybody can follow me on Twitter at adulting is easy on Instagram at adulting is easy real on YouTube. This video is there at adulting is easy. My email is real adulting is easy at gmail.com. And the website is real adulting is easy.com. If you like this episode, you will also like episode 123 when you house hack an STR and it has mold, but you still make money and episode 119 about cost segregation. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Hopefully, Mike and I have made adulting a little easier for you. Hey, everybody. It's Lauren again. Thank you so much for your support of the show over the last four years. I'm launching a new way for you to support the show, and that's via donations, via cash app, I will put the link in the show notes from now on. If you donate $20, I'll shout you out on the show. If you donate $50, I'll shout you out and send you a t-shirt. If you can't afford to donate right now, that's okay. You can also support the show by telling someone about it. 
tell them verbally, tell them via email or share on social media if you're getting value. I really appreciate you guys. And please don't forget to email me with feedback or ideas at realadultingiseasy at gmail.com. Thanks again.